today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We remember the days when whenever Apple would announce a new product, people would be lined up around the street, and that's kind of died uh, died down a little bit now. Does this uh, rejuvenate the energy for Apple? Does this make us wonder what's going on there? I think uh, definitely, uh, you know, since uh, 2011, from the passing of Steve Jobs, we've been kind of waiting on Tim Cook to come out with, uh, you know, the next new great thing. And we feel they kind of missed the boat with the whole Netflix, Amazon, you know, even Disney is jumping on board now with streaming service. And I guess now they're finally doing it. They're, they're kicking off Apple TV in a huge way for TV shows and movies and apparently have already purchased over a billion dollars worth of content uh, just to get it going with original TV shows and movies. So how is this different from what Netflix is doing? I don't think it is. Uh, I think it's very similar. Um, They'll have different content, of course, because all Mm -hmm. of these platforms compete with which uh, titles that they get to carry. And the the benefit with that Apple has is that they're sitting in, you know, a billion pockets these days, right? Because everybody's got an Apple device. Right. Um, so I think they've already got the technology figured out on how to get it to everyone. So if you couple that with them trying to, you know, work into this Apple credit card and payment systems and stuff, I, let's face it, the easiest thing that Apple ever came out with was that, that impulse buy 99 cent app you know mm. you could go in the app yep. store and you just click on something and it just works mm-hmm. <laughs> i i can see that happening right now with content you know for the video and tv shows can they give the netflix of the world a run for their money can they give netflix a run for the money i think what'll happen is now they're competing for titles so there's a lot of us have complained in canada on the the actual titles that we cannot access that our uh, southern counterparts can on Netflix. So perhaps there'll be some additional content that'll be of interest to us, you know, TV shows that we like to follow, which might be available on the Apple platform, but might not, you know, on Amazon or on Netflix, because they're all carrying different content. So is this now a battle to woo stars to their platform, just like the old days of ABC, NBC, and whoever uh, trying to woo talent to produce content for them? 100%. Because uh, yesterday when they did this event, they made sure that they had celebrities standing there. And we're talking Steven Spielberg, Oprah, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Jason Momoa. Like, they were all there as part of this event. So they're trying to tell people that, hey, we're going to be bringing in some pretty awesome content for you guys. Uh, Is this going to increase the bidding war for talent? What does this do for producers and talent? I think us as the end users can only win from something, right? Because there's something we said about some healthy competition. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen on the producer side, if they're going to end up having to uh, reduce their prices or what's going to happen or per- perhaps come out with new and original content. That's one thing that Netflix has always done very well with is the, the amount of content they create themselves, you know, that Netflix original. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Apple's going to go down that road or if they're just going to start trying to bring in some existing content that's already out there. At what point does this new exciting model really start to mirror the old one? The only thing that's different is the method of distribution. And that's what it always comes down to is how easy and how convenient is it for us, the consumers. Uh, They've got the technology of the phones. I know a lot of people who love to watch TV shows or movies or YouTube on their phones when they travel, when they're sitting on the bus or the train. 
and I could see that happening in this case, especially if Apple allows you to download an offline copy so that you're not wasting all your cell phone data plan, right? If they come up with that option, I could see that being very attractive for consumers. How expensive will this become? I mean, now we we may have one, maybe two streaming services uh, that we're watching. What happens now once we have all these players? The hope would be that there's going to be more competition on the monthly rates for consumers. The problem is... I don't know why, but the trend has been lately with Netflix where they've been increasing their monthly rates to us consumers uh, a number of times recently. Is that because they knew this was coming? They had to do it then? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know what's the reason they've been doing that. On the flip side, Netflix does have increasing amount of content that they're creating and producing themselves, so maybe that's the justification that they're having. I don't know. They might have got to that critical mass that they're comfortable. Uh, Netflix currently has over 139 million subscribers worldwide. That's pretty substantial. When you, if you do the math and you say, you know, even $10 a month, that's like a billion, $1.5 billion every month that they get in, in revenue. What about new content versus old? Are people going to these services to watch old reruns of past shows, or are they more drawn towards that independent uh, produced content? Uh, a lot of the people I know are going after the content that's the latest, right? As soon as a new yeah. season comes out for some show, they want to binge watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when you run out of that material, then you start going back to prior content. Uh, but I think it's the new content. I think that's what's driving people. Yeah, I mean, are people that interested in, in, in watching, you know, back catalogs of stuff? <laughs> yeah, MASH and Seinfeld. Exactly. And <laughs> whatever else, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't see that being the draw. So when you think about it, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to produce good quality programming. Because if, if, if people don't want, if people aren't watching what's on it, I mean, again, you know, 3,000 channels and nothing on. I agree. I think it's not just the producing of the content, but it's even getting the rights to show that content on their platform. And that has always been a struggle for people in Canada. So how do you, what are the biggest challenges going to be for Apple doing this? Well, the, the big question I would have is, this sounds great and exciting, but is the content that they're mentioning only going to be available to people in the U.S.? And because I always feel that we sort of lose out on that being in Canada, that we don't get the, the same access to the content that they do down south. That's, that's the big question mark, in my opinion. Uh, when are we going to start seeing this? When does this actually uh, become tangible? Apparently, it's uh, available uh, right away if you go on through your Apple TV app. Um, everybody's got it on their phones and tablets and whatnot and Apple TV devices. You can look that they're, they're adding the content right now. A lot of it are movies and shows that you can rent or purchase outright. They're, you know, a little bit different than um, um, Netflix and Amazon. My hope is that they're going to come out with a subscription model instead where it's a flat rate, and we, I haven't seen that yet. Is that what uh, is that what it's going to be? I mean, Netflix, you pay per month, you don't pay per show. But is this going to be more specific? And you're actually paying per uh, paying per usage, paying per show, per view. I believe that is the intention. Is that is a subscription system where 
uh, flat rate per month, but they haven't announced any pricing for that. All right, let's talk about the credit card, because this is also uh, generating a, a lot of uh, chatter. What can you tell us about this? Uh, what is it? Well, apparently it's going to be called the Apple Card, and it's going to be a physical credit card, and also an integrated and part of the iPhone's wallet app that we are all, you know, anybody who has an iPhone is familiar mm-hmm. with. Uh, it's also going to integrate itself into Apple Maps, so that people it's going to show people where you can spend your money. <laughs> hmm. Um the Apple Card is just going to be a—it's going to be a, a cashback card. There's going to be no um, annual fees on it, and um, I guess they're just basically coming out with their own credit card system. Uh, where can they take this? What is the future of this for them? Well, everybody's always fought with uh, collecting online payments and the whole micropayment system yeah. apps streaming content service. So this just condenses that for them. I think this is furthering that Apple Pay system that I don't feel it ever really took off. Um, But by having an actual credit card integrated into this, I think that might open up a bunch of doors. So uh, obviously gaming platforms on this as well. How is that going to affect the gaming industry? Well, that's an interesting one. They're calling it Apple Arcade. And they claim it'll be uh, providing new and original games that are not being offered by the mainstream developers. So there's, they're hoping that it's not offered by their competitors and it'll be games that can be played across all the Apple devices on and offline. And so it's an, I think it's just another platform. You know, like you've got Xbox, PlayStation, yeah. all the online stuff. Here's another one, the Apple Arcade. Uh, did they give any indication on how they were going to uh, how they were going to charge people for this? Is it every single um, uh, sort of sidebar you take, you pay for? Are you paying a la carte? Or are you paying one sort of fee and that gets you everything? They haven't indicated that, and I think part of the problem is they also have to be approaching all the creators, the people who are developing these games, in order to be compatible and work on their platform so it's an announcement of a service i haven't heard anything more about it but i i know there's a lot of people who are anticipating that because you're hoping for more quality games right for those people who play games this is going beyond just simple apps so who wins with this whole idea who loses i think again it's apple trying to establish its position in the market globally and making them, everybody's fighting to make themselves the be-all, end-all platform. You know, it's like the whole Amazon ecosystem. There's the Google ecosystem, and Apple is trying to come out with their own. Where you, you live within their ecosystem. You can have apps, games, payment systems, streaming services, absolutely everything you can think of, and there's no reason to go anywhere else outside to competitors. So they're really trying to strengthen their, their hold on the market. And who uh, who loses from this? How does Netflix feel about this? Well, I think there's something to be said about some healthy competition. Yeah, Netflix might be a bit worried, depending on the content that's going to be avail- available on their platform. That's tough to say, but uh, I think that Apple already is going to benefit by the mere fact of how many pockets that they already exist in, right? All these 
I believe it's something like 1.4 billion devices worldwide are running the Apple iOS. Uh, does Apple um, uh, run the risk of trying too hard to be everything to everyone? Um, will Netflix follow suit or will they just concentrate on what they do best? Netflix will definitely concentrate on what they do best, and that's a streaming video service. And they also have gotten heavy into producing their own content. They don't really play in all of these other games. They're not about micropayments or apps or, you know, other things that you can do with your device, even, you know, mobile phone provider or technology or even hardware. They're just a streaming service. Apple is more, uh, I think, would be more competing with the likes of Google and Amazon. That's where I think they're competing. But Apple has always been very uh, niche in their approach, right? That there's uh, you know, the people who, as soon as a new iPhone comes out, they stand in line overnight just to be able to be one of the first people yeah. who gets that new phone. That might be where they're appealing, and I don't think it's necessarily the mass market in general because uh, there's a lot of people who can't afford an Apple device, and they'd rather pay for, a you know, just an Android device at a fraction of the cost. It's, it's a tough balance, right? It's more, I think it's more for the more affluent societies. Has Apple bit off more than it can chew here, or is it just looking to the future? I think it's looking to the future, and it is a smart move. There's no doubt. Um, enhancing their streaming service, the whole Apple TV system has always been not that great uh, since they first launched it. And I think this might put them better on par with Amazon and Netflix. What? Uh, how would uh, traditional uh, filmmakers or television producers view this? Well, it's yet another uh, platform that they can go and pitch their ideas to and possibly get uh, somebody else who might pay for their content and or produce it. So I think it opens up more doors for those people. There's more competition out there for people who actually produce content. Uh, we remember back in the day, uh, everybody was cutting the cord. This, there's this new yeah. way of viewing, this new way of watching, and it's rebel-like, and it's uncontrolled, and it's <laughs> not the big boys anymore. It's just independent people blazing a trail. Uh, is that gone? People are still cutting the cord every single year uh, in huge numbers, and they're getting their content online. People don't want to wait anymore. I think it's all about having video on demand, shows on demand, no commercials. I want to binge watch it. And they're being very conscious of their what they pay. So I think this is a, a natural evolution of technology right now. I think this is where we are headed. And um, I think more and more people are going to continue to cut the cord. The only reason that you would keep your cable is for having high-speed internet into your place. Uh, do uh, do people care that these companies are turning into what they were marketing against when they started? Yeah, that is that they're that the alternative has now become the norm and everyone's doing it. Isn't that interesting? Absolutely. I I wonder if people even notice and observe that that is what's happening. Hmm. Like it's, I find it very interesting to watch the trends over the past ten twenty years on what's happening. Let's face it, the iPhone didn't even exist. Uh, prior to 2006. So it's only been a short, you know, dozen years since we've ha even had this platform out there. Where do you see this one year from now? 
One year from now, Apple will definitely have flushed out their Apple TV uh, streaming service. It will probably be some kind of subscription system we can only hope that are available to people. Uh, this credit card will probably finally out there. The new video game subscription will be out there. Um, so what's happening is Apple is now starting to focus on what we see as content and not just hardware. It's not just about the flashiest new iPad, MacBook, iPhone, but now they're actually looking at the software side, right? The content, the guts of it, what can you access, what is available, and they're trying to maintain and keep people within their ecosystem. David Papp has been with us, consultant, M-Tech Digital Technology Pioneer, specializing in technology management, cybersecurity, privacy, and social media. David, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Anytime, Scott. Have a great day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.